Hello, I hope everyone is doing well, staying safe, and staying hydrated. Um, this Sunday, uh, as many of you have probably seen on my social media, um, on my Twitter, I uh, have decided to take a special or a mental health day, so I didn't post anything this Sunday. So I decided for this week, because I was absent on Sunday, I'm, I'm going to do not one, but two episodes. Uh, one posting on Tuesday and another one posting on Sunday. So I think we have a lot to, a lot to get into this week. So I'm going to break it down into half. Half of what I'll talk about today and half of what I'll talk about um, on Sunday. So this will just be called part one and Sunday's episode will be called part two. Now, I'm sure many of you have heard about the um, attacking of a federal judge, a federal judge's family, um, Esther Salas. Her family um, was at home when a gunman disguised as a FedEx worker uh, attacked her husband and her son and unfortunately murdered her son. Her husband is expected to survive and she herself was in the um, basement when this attacking happened. Now, what's weird is that uh, this judge has always handled a lot of uh, tough cases. Four years ago, she gave a uh, Mexican cartel, or not, excuse me, I've been watching a lot of Breaking Bad recently. Not a Mexican cartel, but I, uh, I can't remember where he was from. I don't know, I can't remember at the moment if it was from New Jersey or where, but she gave him 45 years in prison about four years ago. And about four days ago, she got a um, case that involved Deutsche Bank and involved, you know, the case um, talks about Jeffrey Epstein also. And a lot of people are wondering, is this case connected to, you know, is is this case connected to uh, the death of Jeffrey Epstein? Is there something more to this case? And... You know, right now, quite honestly, we don't we don't have all the facts. We don't know what happened, but we do know that the gunman supposedly, much like Jeffrey Epstein himself, uh, committed suicide. Now, I don't know about you, and I know the majority of you probably don't believe this, but or you know probably agree with me, but I don't think that Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide, and I don't think that this gunman committed suicide. And it's something to do with that bank, Deutsche Bank, that is really weird, that connects all of this, I would have to think. Because there are a lot of powerful people, you know, Donald Trump included, that are connected to that bank. So it makes you wonder, what is what is going on? And it's crazy to me, and I'm not, you know, I, I don't consider myself a conspiracy theorist by any means. But it's crazy to me how we haven't seen any sort of, like, public assassinations or anything crazy like this until Donald Trump took office. And more specifically, until Attorney General Barr um, became, you know, Donald Trump's Attorney General. So I don't know that we'll ever really find out what's happening in these cases. I don't know if... We'll find out who is responsible for all of these things. But I do feel like there is a connection between 
the Jeffrey Epstein death or murder and the murder of, of a federal judge's family. Were they trying to send her some sort of warning? Could the gunman maybe just not get to her because she was in the basement? I don't know, but this was not some lone gunman. This was definitely planned. And it's going to be really interesting to follow the news and see what happens in the next couple of weeks. Another unfortunate um, event happened in the last week. Um, the body of Naya Rivera was unfortunately found. Now, as many of you know, Naya Rivera drowned while using the, her last ounce of strength to save her son. Naya was really young, only 33 years old, and as I said before, had a promising, promising career ahead of her. And it's sad to see how she died. It's sad to see how much 2020 has taken from us, but Naya Rivera is a hero. She used her last ounce of strength to save her child, and she should be remembered as a hero and as a role model. So, it's sad to see, again, such a young, amazing, talented actress be gone so soon. And it's just another unfortunate thing that this year has taken from us. So, once again, I send my condolences to her family, and I hope that she's remembered as the hero that she was. So, today, or rather, this week, I think... Instead of doing one album of the week, because I'm doing two episodes this week, I'm going to do two. So the first album I'm going to do is um, one of, I think, the all, one of the all-time best, or one of the all-time great albums, one of the best that I've ever heard, and it's Erotica by Madonna. Now, many of you don't know the history of this album. Um, this album really put, really hurt Madonna's career and the, when she created it because it's an album about sex and it came out in the early 1990s in fact it came out i let me just google the um date here let's see it came out october 20th 1992 at a time where um homosexuality was considered immoral at a time where HIV was considered a gay disease. And not only does Madonna talk about sex, but she talks about the topics of HIV and homosexuality and why people shouldn't be hurt for who they love. So this is an album, I think, that was truly, truly ahead of its time. And it's an album that should be considered, that should be remembered, excuse me, for its lyrics and for its creativity and for its impact. Because... In my opinion, Erotica is an impactful um, album. I, uh, as I've mentioned before, I am amazing Lady, Ga- I, or I am a big Lady Gaga fan. I think Lady Gaga is amazing, and I th- see some comparisons between this album and Lady Gaga's album Art Pop. For example, both albums, when they were released, were released, did well. Um, Selling-wise, but can were, uh, both hurt those artists' career for different reasons. Lady Gaga's out- album, or actually, when I think about it more now, very similar reasons. Lady Gaga's album, Art Pop, um, was about p- 
pain and the pain of being an artist and that hurt her career because people I I think that album was also ahead of its time it um you know there were not a lot of albums out back then that talked about that topic when she released it and you know she talked like she has hidden messages in that album much like erotica has and I think people are not sometimes ready for albums like that. When you are a fan of artists and you're used to them making a certain type of music for so many years, and then they make something that you're not used to, it, um, you know, it's definitely a change for a lot of fans. So I think both Art Pop and Erotica did chase away a few fans. Um, but Erotica sold at that time around six million, which is nothing really for Madonna when you think about how Ray of Light, uh, which was, you know, so her, the album after Erotica was Bedtime Stories, and then Ray of Light sold 14 million, which is more than double what Erotica sold. And, you know, um, Art Pop sold around, uh, two million, um, which was pretty good. Uh, for that album, but, you know, nothing compared to Lady Gaga's previous albums and, you know, uh, Lady Gaga's other albums like Chromatica, which is still selling, but I think is about at a million worldwide, which is and more than, le- like, way less the time than Art Pop took to do that. And, you know, her Star is Born soundtrack, which is at four or five million worldwide. So, you know... As an artist, I guess you have to ask that question, like, am I willing to make this out, these albums that could potentially chase a bit of my fan base away? And I think Madonna did that with Erotica, but she did it for a good reason, because she had something to say, and I feel like as an artist, having something to say is always more important than keeping a small percentage of fans that probably were never hardcore fans to begin with. Now, another amazing thing that came from this album is uh, The Girly Show, which was, in my opinion, one of Madonna's best tours. Definitely not her best tour, um, because, you know, there's the Confessions Tour, which is probably one of the all-time great tours, like, in the history of tour artists touring. (laughs) But, um, you know, and you can say what you want to about Madonna. You can say that she's not, you know... A great singer you can say you can say she's not a great actress but Madonna is an amazing performer and an amazing dancer and a good singer I mean obviously she's not going to be fucking hitting Whitney Houston high notes but you know I think Madonna is a really good singer she sings with emotion she uh for those of you who think that she's a bad singer watch her performance of Bad Girl on Saturday Night Live she sings it with such emotion and such meaning it's it's amazing to me so you know I definitely think erotica is one of the all-time best Madonna albums I think that her earlier albums are a lot better than her later albums and you know I think that if I had to choose between or if I had to pick my top three Madonna albums erotica would definitely be in the top three So definitely check this album out, listen to it, and get back to me 
with a review of it. Also, I wanted to thank you guys for your support. Because of your support, we are now on um, we are on Spotify, we are on Apple Podcasts, we are on Google Podcasts, we are on Radiocast, and many more um, podcasting platforms. This podcast has done far better so far than I would have ever expected. And I want to thank everybody who's out here listening to me and supporting me, and it means a lot to me. Please, when you have the time, share this with your friends. Um... And please message me on Twitter or Facebook or any of my social media platforms and tell me what you want to hear me talk about. If there's something in the news I haven't heard about, send me a link to it so I can read about it and discuss about it and discuss it and decide if I want to talk about it. So I just want to thank you guys. And um, before I move on to the next segment, and um, it means the world to me that you all are supporting me and listening to my podcast. Kanye West had a um, never mental breakdown this week. I am not a person that um, makes fun of Kanye West because I know what it's like to suffer from bipolar disorder because I myself suffer from bipolar disorder. I'm not a person that hates Kanye West like a lot of people do. I don't want him to die or anything. Um, I do think that a lot of people (laughs) give him too much attention, which is what he wants i uh i saw somebody say that kanye west is trying to split the vote between donald or joe biden and donald trump by running for president and i just laugh because i'm like i i mean you really think that this man has put any thought into this i mean you know earlier today on twitter he went on this big rant about how his life is like get out and the movie get out was made about him and i i mean it's it's honestly quite sad because there was a time time period where Kanye West lived a relatively normal life and it just seems like over the years you know there was always the Taylor Swift thing and then you know there was you know (laughs) the you know um slaves that like you know uh, all this crazy stuff that Donald Trump or (laughs) Donald Trump I mean they're a lot alike um Kanye West has said And, you know, it's sad because it seems like we're watching a public mental decline. And I think people like to laugh at it. I think people think it's funny. I think people think that he's a horrible person. And I honestly feel like we're witnessing a mental breakdown, a national mental breakdown. I think that this is a guy who needs help. I think that this is a guy who doesn't put a lot of thought into what he's saying because he suffers from a mental illness. So I'm going to read you some of the tweets um, (laughs) that he posted today. And, you know, I try to tell me that this isn't a mentally ill person. Let's start now. Well, it looks like he deleted the majority of of them. But I found a screenshot of the tweet that he said earlier today. Kim was trying to fly to Wyoming with a doctor to lock me off like on the movie Get Out because I cried about saving my daughter's life yesterday. So, clearly, this is a man who is suffering from some sort of mental illness. Like I said, I think it's bipolar disorder. It could be something else. And I think when we laugh at him, we are laughing at people who are suffering from mental illness. Now, you can be mad about what he says because he says a lot of dumb shit. You can be mad about some of his actions. You can be mad about the fact that he's running for president. 
but try not to hate him as a person because honestly I think that this is a person who is clearly suffering and who is in a lot of pain and just needs help and I think that this whole Kanye West tweeting about all of these crazy things and all of this all of the stuff that he does is just a big cry for help and has been a big cry for help for a while so you know when you hate him or laugh at him try to think about a person that you know that suffers from mental illness and try to have a little bit of sympathy even if you don't like what the man says Okay, I think the last thing that we're going to talk about is Donald Trump's fucking ridiculous interview with Chris Wallace. I mean, I don't know how many of you have seen this interview, but this interview was off the wall crazy. When um, Chris Wallace asked Donald Trump if he would accept the results of the 2020 election, Donald Trump said he didn't know yet. And, you know, (laughs) that's such a crazy thing to say because, you know, there's a lot of things that you can... that you don't have to accept, you know, like, you don't have to accept a parking ticket, you could take a parking ticket to court, and, you know, debate about if you should have gotten that or not, you don't have to accept, you know, disrespect from a high school teacher, a mean high school teacher, you know, go to the principal, get that settled if you're in high school, you don't have to take, you know, You don't, there's a lot of things that you don't have to take. You don't, you know, you, you don't have to take a banana from the grocery store without paying for it. There's a lot of things in life that you don't have to take, that you don't have to accept. But the President of the United States has to accept losing an election. Donald Trump cannot just stay in the White House if he loses in November. He has to concede. And the fact that we're having this topic, you know, or conversation, is the President of the United States going to walk out when he loses in November, to me, is crazy and should be on national news. First of all, him even suggesting, excuse me, that he may not walk out when he loses, I feel like, and I'm no lawyer here, but how is there not some sort of grounds for impeachment for that, you know? And I think we're starting to see now that the the position for the President of the United States has far too much power, you know. um, In this interview, he also was asked about um, this mental test that he took and, you know, if he he felt felt like uh, Joe Biden had, you know, I guess mental clarity is the word that you would use, or or if Joe Biden had dementia, and he, he just talked about how terrible... And by the way, I will be voting... I'm no Joe Biden supporter, but I will be voting for Joe Biden in November because, you know, obviously the alternative is worse. Another four years of Trump means potentially a lifetime of Trump. And I'm not joking when I said that. I mean, the man just fucking said on national television he might not leave the White House when he loses in November. But he also talked about the, um, you know, uh, he thinks that Joe Biden has dementia, which, to be fair, he probably does. Joe Biden is 77 or 78 years old, just like Donald Trump is 
around that age range, too. So, you know, he talks about this test that he took to prove how, like, you know, much mental clarity he had. And, like, the test is, from what I have heard and seen, the test is the easiest test. Like, they ask him ridiculous questions like, "What what is this a picture of? And they show him an elephant. And they ask him, the final question is, like, to count backwards from 100 by 7s. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're in a time period in the United States where the president of the United States is not only a, a lunatic, also a moron. And, you know, also potentially a future dictator. And we should all be scared about what happens in November. We should all be going out and voting, even if Joe Biden is not who your first choice. Remember, he is a lot better than what the alternative was, or is. So, please vote in November. This there's this election is essential to vote in. It is the most important election to vote in, and you know. I just remember that. Um, in that interview, Donald Trump talks about mail-in voting and how he thinks, with no facts, there's no proof of this ever happening, that mail-in voting is going to rig the election. He says that, I guess, out of nowhere, because there's literally no proof that that's going to happen. And, I mean, you know, the obvious reason that he says that is because, you know, if fewer people vote, the more of a chance Trump has to win. And he says mail-in voting will rig the election because that gives more and more people an opportunity to vote. So, you know, Republicans want people to go in and vote. And as you've been seeing, when people are going in and voting, like in Georgia and other places, there are so many problems with the machines. Like, people are waiting hours and hours and hours and hours to vote. So, Donald Trump is corrupt. He's a liar. He's a lunatic. He's a moron. The majority of the Republican Party are corrupt liars, lunatics, and morons. It is essential that you go out and vote in November. And it is essential that we get this man out in November. So please watch the news. Look out for updates. This is a scary time that we're in, but if we hold on to faith and if we do the work, we will be fine. Go out and vote, and we will get rid of Donald Trump. So I think that about wraps up today's episode. I um, will do an episode again on Sunday. Um, so please stay well, stay safe, stay hydrated, and I will see you on Sunday. Bye, guys. Hey, guys. Again, I'm going to make this really quick. Um, I was in the process of editing, and I was thinking about the name of this podcast. And I've noticed that there are uh, quite a few podcasts with this name. So... While the podcast will still be about the theme of a quarter-life crisis, this podcast is going to change from quarter-life crisis in name to this week's tea. Now, the reason for that name is because we talk about different topics throughout the week, and we will still talk about the theme and the process and, you know, all that stuff that goes with a quarter-life crisis, but this, the name change will be call will will be important so look out for that we will no longer go by that name 
Quarter Life Crisis on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and all of these sites, our podcast name will change. So I just thought I would add that in here while I'm editing so that you guys can find it throughout the week. We'll talk about that more on Sunday, but anyway, bye guys. Talk to you Sunday.